When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. Even before you start, and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. I already had someone created in my image who wants to take over the world, and he fits easily into most overhead storage bins. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico joining you guys as usual. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline and the Sarder Heyman text line, both open for you guys the entire show today. Um, before we really dive deep into Nebraska football, we got to bring in my good, our, our good friend, not my good friend. Oh, good fine. Friend. You can just say my good friend. It's no, fine. it's fine. No, I understand that you guys have something that I'll never have between. It's fine. Here's the deal, Rico, is uh, Steve and I met covering Nebraska women's basketball. Good for you. Steve, what's up, man? Do you remember those days? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, watching Jazz Philly drain buckets from deep. That was awesome. There you go. I love how you say, do you remember those days? Like, it was like 12 years ago. <laughs> it was like, what, three years ago? I think it was, was it two or three? I don't even remember at this point. They're yeah, all it was two. Two. It was two. Uh, there you yeah, go, yeah. Back in the glory days <laughs> between us, Steve, do you remember? Back when Bubblegum was. Back when was I was a, a young, strapping lad. Yeah, back when Bubblegum was a quarter. That was back before uh, Steve became a father. I was just going to say that was pre-shay. So, yeah, <laughs> Steve got mad at me because I didn't reply to a, a picture of his daughter that he sent me. Uh, he got, all, he got all mad. Rico, Rico let, me, let me lay this out for okay, you. Okay, go so ahead. I, I, send, I send Nick a, a beautiful picture of my beautiful daughter, seven months old, by the way, <laughs> and um, nothing in response. Not even a like, not wow. even a thumbs up, wow. not even a heart. I didn't want to be disrespectful. Nothing. So how much, how much of a monster is Nick Sainer right Wow. Now? He's the worst. He's the, <laughs> the, you don't want to know, the, no, hold on. No, Nick, shut up. Do you want to know how bad Nick is? My daughter, how, how bad? My daughter, four years old, for whatever reason, thinks Nick is her best friend. She calls him her little Nicky, right? And yeah, so anybody that wants to, you know, talk, just call Nick little Nicky, whatever. Um, that's it's what got she a ring calls to him. it, and yeah. a, a pretty underrated Adam Sandler movie. Exactly, that's such a such a great movie. But she calls him that, and he told me. Uh, it was last week. He was going to beat the softball scrimmage. So I tell Ellie, she's so excited, so excited to see little Nikki. We get there. She goes, where's Nikki? Where's Nikki? And I go, I'm sorry, baby girl. He's not coming. She, oh, okay. She drew a picture for you, Nick. I, why have I not gotten the picture? Because you were supposed to get it at softball. You don't get it now. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, the first thing when I walked down to the Memorial Stadium field on Saturday, not to play, but to, to cover it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not, saw, you're not playing. I, I, Steve, Steve saw me, and he gave me the big old finger point, and he was mad at me right at the start. And I said, dang, okay, Steve. And thankfully, a sheriff was there. He, he was saving my life, though. <laughs> I toned I toned down what I was going to say just because the cop was right by you. So yeah. Good choice, Steve. Good anyway, choice. Uh, Steve, here's where we can relate. Uh, the Cubs are an embarrassment to everybody around the world. It's a super embarrassing. I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm glad we're talking about this right now because I need to say I couldn't believe my eyes when Seiya Suzuki dropped what, I don't know, eighth graders catch um, in, in out there in right field. I mean, it was absolutely brutal, yeah. brutal error out there bad. in right field by Seiya Suzuki, who I've been a fan of. Uh, uh, Nick, we, we've talked before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a defender uh, of Seiya, and it's, it's not an easy job right now because you're absolutely right. He might have blown the entire season in that one play right there and then he strikes out in the top of the ninth mm. what are we doing yeah mm. well and say uh, his hitting was really bad at the start of the year and then it, i think a little after the after the trade deadline it really started to, to heat up and it was like all right this is the say suzuki that i think cubs fans were expecting his entire career and then he makes you know one of the most you know important uh errors in 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 major league baseball season right now uh the cubs though Still holding on to the third wild card spot. There's still hope. The only problem is that they lost any chance at the NL Central, which was a bleak, you know, uh, a bleak possibility as well. But then also, you know, that big crucial game uh, in the wild card standings. Yeah, and and Seo was also earlier in that game. I think he hit a two two run triple to give the <laughs> exactly. Cubs a four nothing lead, <laughs> and obviously they they wound wind up blowing the six run lead, but. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be watching till the end, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with them, but I'm not expecting anything right now. Here's the deal, Steve. The, the biggest issue is that they thought that they could go out and get Jose Cuas, and Jose Cuas was going to be their redeeming savior that was going to take them to the promised land. I don't think that they should have thought that from anybody coming from the Royals organization. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this. I was at the Royals game the day before they traded for Cuas, and he pitched against the twins the day before he got dealt to the Cubs and a trade that by the way, sent Nelson Velasquez who maybe hit one of the coolest home runs uh, in the Cubs season this year at Wrigley earlier yeah. in the year dealt him yeah. to, uh, to, to Kansas city. Well, he pitched the night before when I was at Kaufman against the twins. And I remember him coming in against the twins when uh, the Royals had like a four or five run lead and his statistics were bad. And I thought, man, this is not looking good. And he ended up walking the bases loaded and giving up three runs in the one inning of relief that he had. And I thought, oh, wow, it's a good thing the Cubs don't have him. But then, sure enough, the day later, they (laughs) traded for him. And I thought, oh, no, this is not good. Yeah, I I wasn't uh, sure what to think of that deal when it it, uh, brought down. I I wasn't too familiar with him. But, um, I mean, yeah, all you can say about that is just Cubs, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk about, uh, I mean, maybe – a more passionate fan base, I would say, assume so, uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team, as they are 2-2 two and two going up against uh, the Michigan Wolverines this Saturday. Uh, once again, we're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here on the show. Uh, Steve, I, I guess going forward here, we, we can start with the quarterbacks because we heard yesterday from Marcus Satterfield that, that Heinrich Harburg's back at it, but then Jeff Sims isn't 100%. I guess... Going forward, is there is there a scenario in where Jeff Sims plays despite being a hundred percent? Yeah, I mean, who knows what the what the coaches, um, you know, what they want to say in, in behind microphones when they know Michigan people in Michigan are are listening. Mm-hmm. You know, if 
if you want to create some confusion, maybe say that Jeff Sims isn't 100%, especially not um, when he's running, and then once the game comes around, maybe Sims is going to have a package. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised about that, that at all. I mean, it's uh, those, those kind of things happen all the time with college football, so I'm not willing um, to, to say right now that we're not going to see Jeff Sims at all because I think if he can – help out the offense, like the coaches like to say, they're absolutely going to use him in some capacity. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jeff Sims on Saturday at all. Now, uh, going to the running back room, because obviously Nebraska at some point, they're going to need to find a traditional running game with, with the running yeah. backs. And and quarterback scrambles are great, and Heiner Carberg did, was able to do that against uh, against you know Northern Illinois and then, and then Louisiana Tech. But at some point here, Nebraska's going to have to figure out a way to maybe not be one-dimensional on offense, it feels like. And if Michigan's able to stop the quarterback run or at least limit it, it feels like Nebraska could really be in some trouble. Yes, absolutely. And and to get that traditional handoff run game going with, with the running backs, the offensive line needs to be strong up front and not, not have breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And uh, to this point, I don't. I mean, they're, they've been uneven. They've had some good good moments, and they've had some bad moments where they've looked like the Nebraska offensive line of old. And obvi- honestly, it's a lot of the same guys, except for Ben Scott, who wasn't here last year. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd you'd love to have the Huskers hand the ball off to Anthony Grant and just churn away um, with a consistent run game and not have to use Heinrich Harburg so much because he's been a workhorse. And um, credit to Heinrich for for kind of you know, being physical and, and manning up and, and taking that uh, load on his shoulders. But at so- sooner or later, I think, you know, it's kind of like the, the Adrian Martinez. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the Casey Thompson thing where, you know, at some point, do we think Heinrich Harbury is going to last an entire season? He's been used so much and he's a big guy and I know he can take hits, but those shoulders are taking a beating guys. And, um, you know, I, I'm just wondering how, how much, they're going to continue to use Heinrich Har- Harburg in the run game, but it's like you can't not use him because the offensive line isn't good enough to get a consistent push for that traditional handoff run game. So you need to use Heinrich Harburg in, and Jeff Sims in that quarterback run game because you want that extra hat, that extra blocker that that affords. Um, so <clears throat> it's just not a good situation, and, and I think Marcus Satterfield is doing what he can. He's adjusting on the fly to what he has on the field, and, and what he has on the field isn't that great. So – I think he's doing what he can, and he's adjusting, and he's leaning on his strength, and his strength is putting as many big bodies as you can on the field and, and trying to grind out some running running yards. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes against, obviously, a really stout Michigan defense, um, and it's just going to be really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm going to be um, curious to see who's, who's getting the handoffs. Obviously, it'll be Anthony Grant, um, but how much – uh, how much Emmett Johnson are we going to see? I mean, he only had two handoffs last week against Louisiana Tech in a game that I think a lot of people would have probably expected to see him get more action. But uh, then on Monday or on Tuesday, we, we hear that Josh Fleeks is uh, now a running back. He's in yeah. the running back room, and uh, he has a little bit of experience taking handoffs in the backfield from his time at Baylor. So it's just all hands on deck right now with the run game. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't blame Satterfield for – using Heinrich as much as he does in the in the run game because that's what Heinrich is really good at and he's a big tough guy but at some point I'm I'm wondering when reality is going to come crashing down to earth and um, Heinrich might not be getting up as as quickly as he he does because he's been taking a lot of shots and mm-hmm. uh, Michigan is going to be trying to take him out of the game for sure.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're, we're, we're hanging out with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, and, and I want to go a couple ways here, but let's first start with, uh, it feels like a little bit of 2022 here, because as you mentioned, a lot of the same guys in that offensive line room, um, and, and now the number one guy in the room in, in terms of running back is Anthony Grant, and so I'm curious where last year in a season where Anthony Grant started off really, really strong, had over 100 yards, I believe, in their first three games, what was that, against Northwestern? North Texas yeah. and then Georgia Southern. I think he had a hundred or hundred plus against Indiana as well with a with an Oklahoma game wedged in there. But other than that, I mean this this is an offensive line that they were able to kind of open up some holes with Anthony Grant at times in those first three games. But also once they started playing better competition last year, Anthony Grant's numbers and you know sustainability also went down at times. So I mean. How do you feel going in, into this bulk of, of the Big Ten schedule, right, from now on? There's no more real warm-up games left. And I, I, I use the term warm-up games lightly because with Nebraska, you can't look past Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech. But then this goes into the conversation, I guess, of we were surprised that Emmett Johnson maybe didn't get a little more run on Saturday, too. So I, I, I don't know necessarily if there's a question in there, but just kind of a general observation of where the offensive line is at. And then Emmett Johnson also kind of, tied in there at times well yeah nick you're absolutely right because you can you can call northern illinois and louisiana tech a little bit of warm-up games i know coaches would never ever do that but us people watching from the outside um, can absolutely say that but now i mean it's starting to get real i mean michigan is the real deal i know illinois is not the illinois of last year um, especially their defense but it's still big 10 athletes out there um, you know, and, and then uh, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa, these are just going to be higher-level athletes that the offensive line is going to be going against, and it's looked pretty good against Louisiana Tech and NIU, but, again, it's not Louisiana Tech and NIU anymore. So I, I'm not um, bullish that, that Nebraska's run game is going to be as successful as it has been these past two weeks, but I don't think that, that that's shocking, really, um, because the competition is going to be um, rise, rising now. So I mean they're going to be playing better, better guys, uh, Big Ten, Big Ten talent. So um, you know I I just don't know <laughs> what else to say other than it's going to get real here soon, and Nebraska's offensive line is going to have to just you know continue to work to get better, be more consistent in getting a push because they haven't been consistent in, in getting in getting a push. And the good thing about having Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sims at quarterback is the run threat, obviously now. They they both really struggle with their passing accuracy, obviously. But um, the thing that they can do is put the ball down and, and pick up runs and pick up yards with their with their legs. 
Um, and they're going to have to do that all season long, unfortunately, I think, because I don't think the offensive line is good enough um, to kind of handle it themselves with the handoff run game with the running backs. Um, and Anthony Grant, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. He's going to be very, very motivated to, to kind of do it all himself, I'm sure. Um, but you need more than him in there. I'm, I'm really interested, interested to see if Joshua Fleeks um, might have, um, if, the, if the coaching staff might have more confidence in a guy like Fleeks than a second-year guy like uh, Emmett Johnson. Um, you know, Fleeks is old, older, older dude. He's a veteran. Um, you know, we haven't heard that much from him, and obviously it, it, he's had kind of some negative um, things surrounding him, like in the offseason when he was told to go home because of that weight comment from Rule. That was weird. Um, he was brought in to be a culture guy, and that's not something that you want to see from the culture guy. And now all of a sudden he's might be uh, leaned on with the with the run game on Saturday. So it's just all hands on deck. Uh, there's a lot of problems on yeah. offense, obviously, at Nebraska. And I think Marcus Satterfield is trying to do his best um, with, with what he has and what he has right now is just kind of lacking. We're speaking with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. And from one side of the ball that's you know struggling to the other side that everybody's extremely excited about, on the defensive side of things, Nebraska, as everybody knows, statistically the best running defense in the nation they haven't really faced a a team like Michigan, though a team that actually you know wants to run the ball and will commit to running the ball, won't give up because although Minnesota has a better running game statistically, they gave up running the ball against Nebraska in the first game of the season. So with the possible loss of Luke Reimer, I mean he didn't come back into the game um, against uh, against a Louisiana Tech. We're not exactly sure what's going on with him, but with with the loss of him, Makai Bayer stepping up. How do you see this running game stacking up, to, or this running uh, defense stacking up to the Michigan Wolverines? Yeah, I'm I'm writing the preview right now for Inside Nebraska, and that's why I'm leading off with that's uh, between those two units. I'm really interested in seeing the battle between Nebraska's defensive front. Um, well, I should say the entire defense because the DBs are very much involved. It's a total team-wide effort on defense for Nebraska, which is cool to see. Um, but those guys against Michigan's very old veteran huge these guys are massive um offensive line plus their blocking tight ends too i mean michigan is has a tradition of really good offensive lines and really good tight ends and um what i what i want to go back to is uh, last night on the radio evan cooper the huskers db coach was asked about his thoughts on uh michigan michigan and and i'll read his quote here because i think it was it was really good he said quote they're going to look in they're going to look you in the eyes and they're going to see if you want to quit and if you do, then the score will be lopsided. If you don't, then you'll have a chance at some point, end quote. So that, that's exactly what I think Michigan is going to do. I think Evan Cooper hit the, hit the nail on the head. They're going to come right at you with that run game. Um, and although they haven't really been um, as dominating as you want against that cupcake schedule that they've started out with, it's still, I, don't, I don't really care about that. It's still Michigan. It's still big offensive linemen. They're still strong as ever. Um, you know, Blake Horm is there. Donovan Edwards is a really, really young, um, interesting, uh, exciting back too. So it, it is, even though Michigan's offense hasn't really looked like the dominating force that everybody kind of expected it to, I think they're still going to kind of turn it on for their first game away from uh, their home. It's Jim Harbaugh's return to Memorial Stadium from a couple years ago. They're going to want to prove um, that last time that they were in Memorial Stadium – um, that they can really t- take care of the job and not, uh, you know, squeak out of here with like a, a one-score win like they did two two years ago. So um, I, I'm really, really interested to see how Nebraska's defense stacks up because everybody's been wondering 
is Tony White's defense for real? I don't know if I don't know if it is right now. Just because you know they've had some they've had some really great games, obviously, um, but this isn't Minnesota, this isn't Colorado, and this isn't this sure as heck isn't a Group of Five program. These are real dudes coming at them, so I'm really really anxious to watch this game, especially with Nebraska's defensive front and those offensive linemen and tight ends who are going to be blocking them for four quarters. How are they going to stack up? I think we're going to learn a lot right now. Keeping it on the defensive side of things, I know we just focused you know, on their run game, on Michigan's running attack, but their passing game is kind of what's been carrying them through this first, you know, like you said, their cupcake schedule with J.J. Yeah. McCarthy passing for over 900 yards. They're averaging around 240 yards passing. Nebraska is giving up 250 yards passing. Is there any way that, you know, if Michigan looks across the line and Nebraska doesn't look like they're going to quit, if they don't have that look in their eye and they don't want to quit, that they just go to the air and take advantage of a, of a kind of porous defense when it comes to passing? Yeah, I, I think uh, the thing the thing with Michigan's passing is J.J. McCarthy, he started off the season really good. Um, 86% uh, completed 86% of his passes against East Carolina, threw three touchdowns against UNLV, 88 completion percent. Um, with two touchdowns, but then that weird Bowling Green uh, game, you know, eight, he, he hit eight of his 13 attempts uh, for 143 yards, two touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions, just a really weird game. And although uh, Michigan had a little bit of, tr- a little bit of trouble against always, always kind of a pesky Rutgers defense. Um, he, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting through what rewatching that game right now. And, and JJ McCarthy wasn't blowing, blowing me away with his performance. So I just think that, um, if you get AJ, if you get a guy like JJ McCarthy, and this is nothing against JJ McCarthy, he's a great, he's a great quarterback, dual threat guy, can hurt you with his arm and legs. But if you can get him in a third and third and five situation, third and six, I think Nebraska has a strong chance of manning up with those receivers and mixing in some zone in the back end. And I think that they can um, really be successful in that because JJ McCarthy is not um, these past two games. McCarthy has not blown me away with his efficiency as a quarterback he can obviously um put uh tuck the ball down and pick up some yards with his with his legs um but uh i don't i just don't i'm not blown away by him as a passer yet if that makes sense so i think if nebraska can continually get if nebraska's defense can get michigan's offense in those third and third and five third and four third and six kind of weird third downs I think that's a benefit for i think it's a benefit for the huskers and i think uh, tony white can dial up some blitz packages and if you go back and watch the game, Rutgers' defense did get did get in the backfield and did um, get some pressure on McCarthy, and he didn't handle it super, super cleanly. So I think that's really going to be important for Tony White and his unit going into this thing on Saturday. Steve, last one before we go ahead and let you go. We're hanging out with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. I guess just a, a, a general statement here. I want Nebraska to force some turnovers. It just feels yeah. like at times Nebraska's – um, struggled to take the ball away, and and yes, they got that that interception, and you're certainly going to take those against the Louisiana Techs of the world. But like this feels like a game where Nebraska's going to have to figure out a way to be positive in the turnover margin, which is something that rarely happens. It feels like for Nebraska football, but it, it feels like something where they're going to have to come out early on and say, you know, what, hey, we're we are an underdog. We get that, but we're we're here for the fight and an early turnover. In, in terms of, I guess, Michigan turning over the football early on in this game and Nebraska maybe getting a spark play is, is a perfect way to start and keep the crowd in it for a longer amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And right now, Nebraska's defense has four turnovers. They've intercepted the ball three times. They've 
uh, picked up one fumble. I think, um, you know, like, like I just said before with, with JJ McCarthy and those third and third and medium, third and long plays, I think that's a prime time for Nebraska's defense to pick him off down the field. Now, Quentin Newsom has been super, super close the past couple games. Um, it'd be really great if he could snag his first career interception. That'd be awesome because he, he can put that on the, on the NFL highlight tape when he gets drafted. Um, he really needs one of those, but, uh, I, I just think, you know, you're absolutely right, Nick. Um, those linebackers, those defensive linemen, they need to be punching the ball. They need to be trying to punch it, punch at Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards in that run game. Um, the DBs, when they come in late, um, in those scrums, be stripping, be stripping like hell, you know, anything that you need to do, just get it and get that ball out. Um, try to get the ball back to the offense so they can try to do something. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska comes away with another interception. Um, maybe a prediction right here. I don't know. Let's go out on limb and say Omar Brown picks off his second pass of the season on a go. deep post to Roman Wilson. How about that? That's <laughs> oh, kind of a oh, weird, kind of a weird, uh, you know, oddly specific uh, prediction. But I think Omar Brown has had such an incredible season right now. He's come out of nowhere mm-hmm. um, from last year. Uh, he's he's playing fast. He's playing physical. He's playing confident. Um, you know, he's hitting guys. He's he's doing well in pass coverage. Uh, I, I think he's going to pick one off uh, for some reason. I got that in my gut, guys. All right, there we go. How that about that? So very oddly and, and, specific. And Omar Brown <laughs> interception on a deep post to Roman Wilson from JJ McCarthy. Write so, it down. There you go. Th- there you go. All There's right. So let, let's say it comes on a uh, third and six. Okay. <laughs> well, every it, third and six. It, I was to say if it comes on a third and five, though, I mean we're not going to take. it. We'll just no. say, hey, you guys can have the ball back. We'll do this again yeah. when you go third and six. Can here. you step back one? <laughs> so, all right, Steve. Well, hopefully next time we talk, uh, the Cubs are a playoff team for sure, and. Uh, well, let's hope that, uh, you know, Nebraska can go out and shock the world against number two Michigan. Absolutely. I'm going to be hate watching the Cubs. Yes, exactly. There it is. Steve Mark of Inside <laughs> Nebraska. There you go. We'll talk to you later, Steve. Have a good one, guys. There he is, Steve Mark Inside Nebraska. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little NBA trade action as Damian Lillard is off to Milwaukee. We'll bring in the Husker Hall of Famer himself, Eric Strickland, as we get you ready for On the Block with uh, Strick and myself today. As Austin is out since it's a Wednesday, and uh, we'll get you ready for that show and more coming up next on the Happy Hour 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.